Jayla. Yes. You just told me that you want to go to the park sometime. Once they open, it doesn't seem like there's a lot that a lot of parks that are opening right now, right? No, parks are open. Are they? Yes, but there's a lot of homeless camps. Oh, it's not gonna be good. No. No. That's not good. I agree, babes. I, I, there has to be a, there has to be a solution in the right, you know, a, something in the right direction to, um, min, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, to start, uh, um, limiting homeless camps because it's such a hazard to people that are walking around, especially us that, you know, we can't see that they're there mm-hmm. and it's, it just makes a lot more, you know, most likely you're going to be seeing a lot of trash because they don't know where to put their garbage. I have the solution, but nobody likes to listen to me. <laughs> I'm one of those people, babes. I've noticed people in my lives will, I'll tell them advice. They won't listen to me and then something will go wrong. So they'll either say, I wish somebody would have told me the exact thing that I told them earlier or somebody else will give them the same advice and they'll use them. And they'll say, oh, thank God for so-and-so, even though I told them what to do a month earlier. Oh, goodness. Yes. Well, I I will say this, Bob. Yes, you do give good advice. I will say that. Thank you. Not all the time. I think sometimes your ideas can be a little bit extreme. Really? Yes. Like what? Like what you thought that uh, what, what should happen to Bernie Madoff? That's a little too extreme. Well, he doesn't really matter anymore because he's dead. Because he's dead. Oh, that I thought that they should feed him to hungry lions and personal Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I didn't think that was too far off the mark. Well, no, no, because he didn't kill anyone. He may have taken money from people. I'm not saying it's, it's, I'm not saying it's right, but why would you kill somebody off for, I don't know. I, I think it's a, I think it doesn't fit the crime. Well, first of all, it wouldn't be me. It would be the state. So I'm not advocating killing anybody <laughs> as an uh-huh, individual. Uh-huh, uh-huh, right? but you still, but you suggested it. What I did was back in the days, mm-hmm. back in the day in 2009 when this was all going down, I went to the Mercury Cafe, yes. and it was one of those like late Friday nights, and I went on and I did a poem, and it started off with me saying something to the effect of, in a real revolution, we would take somebody like Bertie Madoff, tie him to a, a dirty mattress, cover his body in meat tenderizer, and let lions eat him live on pay-per-view. Ugh. It's a little too extreme. Is it? Yes. Well, I I wouldn't. I don't think individuals should do that. But if the government wanted to, I wouldn't stand by. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I guess I would stand by. I, I don't know would. what I'm saying. Today, as usual, I wouldn't protest. Put it to you that way. If that was what they wanted to. Oh, do. okay. But he's dead. No. Yes. Yes. He, he and does. No individual should break into somebody's house or and never do something like that. No. If the government, not. if the you know, depending on the person. Oh, by the way. Yes. So we get to the rape thing. Uh, okay. Uh, so, why, why do we have to... Okay. Because I think it's an interesting segue because it goes to another idea I have. Last night, we were having a conversation about the term rape. Yeah. And... You should Google that. Yeah. You told me that it's not just about sexual violation, but it could be if anybody steals from somebody else. Uh-huh. Right? And... We got some mixed information on the web when we asked Miss A earlier today. Yes. But my thought is, if this is the case, and this is the first time hearing about it, doesn't mean it's not true. 
if I am ever in a position where I have a show on, let's say, Fox News, for example. Why did you have to pick that? Why I couldn't don't you pick? Why couldn't you pick, like, uh, I don't know, something else? Let's say I'm on, uh, I was going to say TYT, but I always say them. Yeah. Let's say I'm on Newsmax. Right. Well, uh, what about what about MSNBC? Okay, right? let's take MSNBC. I don't really care okay. the network. Okay. Right. And it turns out that this rape thing is true, where it it it, it can be used for stealing something, not just uh, stealing somebody, you know, sexual thing. Right. I would get on TV, and if there's somebody like Bernie Madoff who was convicted of stealing from people, I'd yeah. say convicted rapist Bernie Madoff. <laughs> And so his picture every night on the news and called the convicted rapist. And I said that would sound very strange is because, and this is, of course, not saying that, um, uh, not to uh, uh, trivialize the um, sexual assault of women or even men. No, if anything, it was you who was doing that. What? Because you were saying that rape no, doesn't just mean that. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not trying to trivialize it. I'm just saying that rape can be... Um, can be used as a way of explaining um, uh, robbing somebody of something mm. or robbing a country of something. Uh, but it, it's rarely ever, I mean, I don't think it's used very much, but it ha- I have heard it used in other contexts. It's a form of rape. Let's take Bernie Madoff out of this, even though we can use his name in the, this context because you can't slander the dead legally. Right. But... Let's say tomorrow MSNBC calls me and says, Rick, we want you to be our nightly TV host, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not racist enough to fill Tucker Carlson's spot, but you, you can't oh be on Oh, my MSNBC. goodness. Would you stop? All right. All right let's stop. Thanks. And so I go on MSNBC and I say, well, who are some people I really hate who have stolen from this country? Mm-hmm. And I think of the people who are like uh, the bankers, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about a bank teller. I'm talking about the executives of these big banks. I think what might be a fun exercise is to select the president of a big bank and every night on TV for a month, show his picture and say, hey, this rapist is still walking the streets. What are we going to do about it, people? What do you think about something like that? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I think people would be very confused. (laughs) (laughs) I would be a great talk show host, because I'd also hire a private investigator, and I'd say, what did you find out about this rapist? (laughs) We're not allowed to say his address here, but if you go to my website, you can check out stories about this rapist and see where he lives. I have to say, it's kind of funny. Thank you. (laughs) We have to find out the the other definitions that we didn't get to find out earlier. Right. (laughs) excuse me would that get you to watch more msnbc if i did stunts like that Uh, no but i would watch your segments thank you (laughs) (laughs) i really wanted a good laugh right (laughs) that's the only thing i'd watch on that network and then we'd get footage of said (laughs) bank executive partying and i'd say look how this bank exec look how this rapist is living it up with these rich people (laughs) Well, <clears throat> that's interesting. Yes. yes. I don't think I'm going to get my own cable talk show anytime soon. Oh, please don't. <laughs> Something tells me if I did, it wouldn't last very long. It would probably last for a couple of weeks. Yes. <laughs> they take me off. That's like, 
<laughs> in you're, place of Rick Hammond's show. You're somebody now. rational. <laughs> or even more irrational. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I have some ideas that the mainstream would consider wacky, <laughs> but really aren't that weird if you talk to normal people. <laughs> It could be called The News According to Rick. That's right. I like that idea. <laughs> well. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you can put like a funny sound effects, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to make it even more funnier. Mm -hmm. You can put little sound effects after the segments or during the segments. Yes, yes. 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 But <clears throat> that yes. probably won't happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> it would be funny, though, if you... um. If you lost what you were trying to, if you if you forgot what you were trying to talk about and you're looking at your cue cards. You know, ahead. what I've heard about most of those shows yes. is that they have a producer for each individual segment. Oh, really? So if, let's say Rachel Maddow, I don't know how many commercial breaks she has each night, right? Uh -huh. But let's say she has six segments in total, yeah. that there's a producer for each individual segment. Oh, wow. Yeah, to help keep people on track. That's interesting. It is. I thought it was, because you said there was one, but she has, like, they, people like her have six? That's a, well, that's the rumor I heard. It's it's not that each segment has six producers. It's oh. if, if there's six, six segments oh. in her show. Oh, so each producer for, one producer for every segment. Exactly. That is odd. Yes. Wow, okay, well, that's, that's as much as I know about. <laughs> and that's what I've heard. Who knows how much of that is true. Wow, huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes. Because... Well, broadcasting in general is interesting. I thought about getting into that. I took classes. Yeah, like, like you know when a person has, a person's a DJ on a radio station, of course, that's another part of broadcasting. Lower right? rung, but I hear lower, Lower rung, right? Mm -hmm. Lower uh, part, a, a different uh, part of broadcasting. So you don't have the producers and whatnot. Um, but you've got... Uh, You've got like the 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 manager of the station telling you what, telling to, play. You what to play and stuff like that. So yeah. um, it's 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 kind of interesting, actually. I had a friend who was really really into broadcasting and radio, mm -hmm. and we were talking one day. This is many years ago, way before we met. When I was twenty three, I was even younger than that. I'm just kidding. She said to me that she felt if she ever expressed her real opinions about news stories on the radio that she'd be fired. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes. But that's why we have podcasting babes. Yes. Yes. I suppose. We had something interesting happen this morning. We did? Yes. You go online to do an Instacart order. Well, I, I wasn't even on there that long, but okay. Well, hold on. Okay. And your computer starts this self-cleaning thing. Yes. So I brought up the idea, babes, now that you're getting a, a little bit more money, uh, what if you bought yourself an iPad? Yeah, and then I and then I was asking you about, well, what can an iPad do that a phone can't do? Because mm -hmm. I thought about getting both. Um, and I've been I've been thinking about it for quite some time. And uh, I know that there's a lot of uh, benefits to having a smartphone where you actually have um, talking. You can talk out your text. Yes. You don't have to. You don't have to type it in, which is a m much easier. 
What? Okay, so this is a stupid question. Now that we're on the subject, go ahead. But when you're when you're calling <clears throat> a number that says press pound for blah 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 blah, how do you do that with a touch screen? Uh, well, what I usually do, and I'm sure there's different ways to do it, is you have you could have the accessibility on, and then you swipe till you get to the pound sign. But if you're really fast with it, you'll you're get gonna get better at swiping, and you'll know where to hit to get the to the pound sign. Okay, that's yeah. something that you know. Um, once I get those, uh, once I get uh, a, a smart technology, it's gonna be it's it's gonna take a little time for me to get used to the taps and the swipes. I honestly think for you, yes. because you don't want a smartphone, even though I I think a smartphone for you would be good. I've, I've been thinking about both actually. Yeah. Yeah. I might, I might actually start with an iPad if I were you, just because oh. they're, if you get the base <laughs> model, they're pretty cheap, mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily know that you would need more than the base model at this point. Okay. Yeah. But I could always, you know, upgrade if I wanted to upgrade too. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, um, but when, uh, there's something I was going to. What's up? Uh. When you so when you got your iPad, yes. One of the problems you told me that you had was, you know, taking stuff off of a laptop and saving it onto your iPad. Yeah. I I don't think that Apple does file transfers very well to be honest. That's my big complaint. They're the only ones uh, they're the only ones we know of that have um that sell iPads. There's no no other uh company that does. Well, right? Yes and no. So they're the only company that makes iPads, but there are other companies that do tablets, okay. which is the model of a computer that you hold in your hand with a touchscreen. Hmm. Now, I think based on what I've heard and seen, they do the best tablets. Okay. Right. Apple does the best tablets? My opinion, yes. Okay. Yes. They're, I've used some Android tablets and they're always just a little bit off. They don't work quite quite white, okay. right. Okay. Now, with phones, it gets a little bit different. There are some really good Android phones, and I do use an Android phone. Yes. But with tablets, I don't think Android tablets are there yet, which is still surprising to me. Oh, wow. I'm sure somebody knows of some obscure tablet that's sold six copies that is still amazing, but I don't know about that one. Okay, so yeah. tablets and iPads, are there differences? Well, I mean, an iPad is a tablet, but if we're talking about tablets that aren't produced by Apple, That's what I mean, yes. the big difference would be that they generally use the Android operating system. Okay. So let me give you an example. Okay. Amazon does the Kindle Fire. Yes. Which is their version of a tablet. Yes. Very cheap. Yes. I think you could get one for like a hundred bucks. Wow. But accessibility might be an issue uh -huh. and even though they run android yeah i don't think that they have the google play store which is where you get your apps okay so you'd have to get all of your applications from the amazon store yeah which means that you'd be missing out on a lot of applications you think so yes okay yes I really do think if you were going to go with a tablet, your best bet would be the iPad. And just the base model. Right. Okay. Because I remember when that came out. Yeah. And it's still, at the time that it came out, it was just like a few years ago, 
it was still um, going through some, you know, glitches and not glitches, but um, there, it was it was still a little bit limited. It was 2010. Yeah. And I want to say April was announced in late January. The base model cost five hundred dollars. Wow. And there were limitations. Again, the file thing is a big one for me. Yeah. But if we're going to talk overall machine. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And even though you pay a little bit more than you would for an Android tablet, Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be less frustration for you if you go with the iPad. Okay. In my opinion. But there has to be an easier way to transfer files onto a tablet or or programs uh, from an from another laptop because but you haven't figured you haven't you still have trouble with that yeah there might be but I'm telling you my experience mm-hmm. uh, I don't like the way they handle files on Apple mm-hmm. now there's some runarounds you could do so for example if you have uh, Google Drive yes okay you could upload a, a file to Google Drive and mm-hmm. then download it onto your tablets or ipad yes. yeah but that's a couple extra steps and if you have a lot of music that can get complicated or yeah, books right um so there, there are ways to do it but it's not really intuitive in my opinion it's it's it, it seems complicated you yes okay. and also keep in mind i have a lot of files so i probably have on my ipad something like six thousand books wow yes that's cr- that's crazy oh I'd say read a book at a time, but don't have 6,000 books that you know you're not going to read. Well, I have read a lot of them, babes. Are they still there? Yeah. Wow. Why would I want to get rid of a book just because I read it? Maybe I want to read it again or uh-huh. give a copy to a friend. Oh, goodness. You know. But 6,000 books? What? I don't know to get, get through all the list uh, in your own lifetime. I have come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to get through every book that I want to read in my lifetime. I've done that over 10 years ago. But the point is, let's say I wake up in the middle of the night and I want something to read. And I don't want to just go off the list. I can just go to my library Uh, and pick up a book that sounds interesting to me. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you think a lot more differently than I do. Oh, when you have. But I do think that you should get an iPad. Because your computer is just kind of... Okay, we already know what you think, Bobby. Okay, I'm the same, babes. And I'm correct. I love you. <laughs> what? What, babes? Oh. Ah, what? What am I going to do with your Bobby? You're going to love me there, I do. Well, you're going to love me more. Are you comfortable like that? Yes, I am. Okay. You sure? Well, for right now, because it helps with the positioning of this. Oh, okay. And sound. Okay. Yes. Okay, I, I wasn't sure because... Your head was on both pillows, so I wasn't sure. Oh, you got a little bit upset with me this morning, babes, because you didn't think my head was on my pillow. You thought it was on yours. Or no, that or was that yesterday? No, 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 no. I I forgot. I didn't get upset with you. Okay. No, I was like, hey, wait a minute. I thought I thought your pillow. I thought the pillow that was under your head wasn't wasn't under your head. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I wasn't mad at you. Nice, nice, nice. No, you misunderstood, though. Okay, okay. Yes, babes. I realize, babes, I'm dominating the conversation. Is there anything you want to talk about? Um, no, but I would like to talk about, well, not necessarily outside of movies, but I think we should get to the movies. Right now or a little bit later? Well, I don't know what else to talk about. <laughs> well, I have a couple ideas. What? 
I mean, one of the things I was going to bring up, and maybe it's not that interesting, was I had a really good nap yesterday after we recorded. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and I, I did You not, did not? I was not... I, I was kind of asleep, but I wasn't, if that makes any sense. I didn't, like... I wasn't sleeping really hard. Okay, so if you listened to our last episode, I was a bit out of it. Yes, he was. I, I will fully admit that. And I was, and, and I, um, because I was, I've been napping lately since we've recorded, um, before yesterday and I felt, uh, particularly more rested than he did. Than you did. Yes. We decided to take a nap around two thirty yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was out until three eleven, And then when I woke up, it was just for a minute and I was out again until four eleven. So yes. exactly an hour. Yes, it was. And it was such a good nap. And I said I was not really asleep and I wasn't really awake. I was kind of in the middle. Like the narrator. Right. Well, Well, not quite like that. (laughs) That was just like crazy. When you have insomnia, you're never really asleep and you're never really awake. Are we going to talk about the movie? We'll get there soon. We'll get there soon. Okay. Yes. So that was fun. Okay. For you. For me? Yeah. What did we have for dinner last night, babes? Oh, we had a we had a really good stir fry. Um, we used uh, broccoli, uh, cauliflower, and we also used a, a zucchini blend. Which this is the first time I got it, but it worked really, really well. I'm gonna have to get that. And we used a leftover uh, package of noodles. I thought I had two packages, but I only had a package of noodles and the flavoring. No, you had two. Did I? Yeah. You said you... I said I could only find one flavoring thing. Oh. But it turned out, babes, when I opened the bags, yes. they were in the actual packages. Ah. Not in the big box. Oh. There's just a flavoring thing in the box. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah. That's that's why I was confused. Okay. Um, so we used my leftover packages of noodles, um, and we put... Uh, what spices did you put in there? I mainly put the spices in with the vegetables because when the noodles were done, I, I threw them all together and mixed everything up. Yeah. But I put in, well, I, I put in the seasoning, the chicken seasoning for the noodles. Mm-hmm. I also added a little bit of soy sauce, some teriyaki sauce, some ground ginger. Garam masala. Yep, garam masala, a little bit of uh, cloves. And black pepper, because I put black pepper on pretty much everything now. It's, it's good, yeah. Yes. It's very good. Yes. It was delicious. I really liked it, too. I, 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 I was very surprised at how quick it was to make that, because um, after I was done with uh, de and putting the veggies together, uh, and then you were cooking everything on, it, it was really, it was fairly quick. It was really good, too. Tasted good? It was very good. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, Elena. We can move on to the movies. Okay. Do you want me to give a description of Fight Club? Yes. yes. Go ahead. Usually we can talk about Fight Club, but we've decided to break the first two rules. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're not supposed to talk about Fight Club. Rule number two. You can't tell anybody about Fight Club. Anyway, go on. Yes. But I'm no longer a member, so... You know, we were never a member. I was never a member of Fight Club. No. And then... We're going to give a description, but there's going to be a lot of analysis because I have tons of questions about this. Not tons, but you know, you know how I am. You know how I am. 
we're going to get into it here, so let's start. It starts off, there's a man that we're going to call the narrator, played by Edward Norton. Mm -hmm. He was very good, by the way. And he is hugging another man with big breasts named Bob. We find out, actually, no, we'll we'll start there, even though there's a gun earlier, but we'll, we'll get to the gun. Yeah, we'll get to the gun. Yes. We find out that Bob has testicular cancer, and as a result, he's been taking estrogen and has these huge titties. But before then, we and get... he's very soft. Yes, we get another flashback and find out that the narrator has been having trouble sleeping, and it's mm-hmm. affecting his life. So, eventually, it leads him to go to the doctor, who says, if you want to see somebody with real problems go down to a support group with testicular cancer patients. <laughs> yeah. He attends one, meets your buddy Bob. My buddy? Yes. He's not my buddy. And then slowly gets addicted to other support groups because he cries and opens up and has these great sleeps. Yeah. This is going on for a while. And, he, and it helps him to sleep because he's, he's getting out of his emotions? Mm-hmm. Okay. Eventually, this girl named Marla... Decides to come to testicular cancer. And he said that she pretty much ruined everything. Yes. Because (laughs) he knows right away that she's a faker. And he starts seeing her around the little scene. And is upset. Can't sleep anymore. Yeah. So finally, he decides that Marla has to be confronted. Yes. Goes up to her, talks to her. And says, hey, I can't cry if I know another faker is here. I need this Marla. You don't. Right. <laughs> they agree to split up the groups. You know, they both want bowel cancer, but they realize <laughs> that they have, they have to split it. And they exchange numbers. Tuberculosis. Yes. They they exchange numbers just in case a date needs to be switched or something to this effect. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So Edward Norton goes about his life. Mm-hmm. His job is that he assesses cars... And decides whether or not it makes sense to do recalls when there looks like there's potential for accidents, right? Yeah. And there's this big cost analysis, but it requires him to fly all around the country. It sounds kind of complicated. It does. And also because of this, his sleep schedule is a bit out of whack. Yes. Eventually, and, especially if he's going, and especially if he's going to different time zones. Which you do when you fly, usually. Yes. Eventually, we meet... Uh, what does he call them? A single-serving friend. A single-serving friend uh, played by Brad Pitt called uh, Tyler, Tyler Durden. Durden. Yes. And this is where uh, things start to get crazy. Cray, yes. Cray, cray. And Tyler makes his own soap. <laughs> Gives the narrator a card. Mm-hmm. They have a plane ride. Go along their way. Um, Edward Norton's bag was basically confiscated because it had something that was ringing in it, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't know if it was a dildo or something else. A phone. But, well, one of the things that the they say at the front desk of the airport is that it might be a dildo. Oh. Yes. Okay. Anyways, so he has nothing on him. He goes home, and his condo is on fire. Completely on fire. Yes. So he has nowhere to Actually, stay. Actually, it's the his unit is the one that caught on fire, except right. for everybody else's. I know, but what? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. He goes and calls Marla, but hangs up the phone. Yeah. 
Then he calls Tyler. Eventually, they start hanging out. He moves in with Tyler, but they get into a fight that night. But it's yes. very friendly. Yeah. Now, Brad Pitt is living in this dilapidated house. We don't know how he got there, but he did. And he works these odd hours because he makes his own soap. He's a film projectionist. <laughs> and he likes sneaking these sexual images into kids' films for, like, a frame. So you you see it, but you're not exactly sure if you see it. So, so he's explaining, and, and that's what the narrator was explaining. Yeah, it's, it's, like, there for, like, a millisecond. Yeah. So you really have to be paying attention, right? Right. And they both go along their lives, and they decide that they need this fighting. So most of the week, they're like Ozzy and Harriet. But on Saturday nights, they get together a group of people, and they fight. And they just let out their aggression. And now there's more and more people around town who are becoming members of Fight Club. Mm -hmm. But they can't really say that they're members. So Edward Norton will run into people and he knows that he saw them at Fight Club, but they're they're not allowed to talk about it. it and and and, he, and Edward Norton comes to work, and he's disheveled, and he's bloody, and yep. bruised. And they're like, "What happened to you?" <laughs> he doesn't really go into it. Yeah. Eventually, Marla calls him because it's been a couple of months since he's been to a support group, mm -hmm. and he explains that he found something else. She says, "Well, I'm going to kill myself," so the narrator just leaves the phone. Tyler eventually picks it up and goes over to Marla's place, rescues her from killing herself, and has sex with her. And now the narrator is torn, because there'll be times when he's just hanging out when Marla will come and yell about Tyler, and Tyler will come into the room after she leaves and basically complain about what Marla's doing. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want anything to do with it. No, yeah. but he's caught in the middle of it, just like he was when he was a little kid. And right. this type and of thing. Parents. Yep. Yeah. Time goes by. Eventually, there is a agreement worked out with his boss that uh, the company is going to give him money to work from home. And uh, a couple of things led up to the agreement, but I think it's a really interesting scene. So I don't want to spoil it right now. Right? Right. And people start moving into the dilap dilapidated house. Okay. Yeah, because he realizes that Tyler has left. No, Tyler right. hasn't left yet. Oh, Tyler? No, 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 no. I mean, because that one day that he left. That's that, That's later. Oh. Yeah. All right. So more recruits start moving in. And basically, people are bending to Tyler's will. They're doing what he wants. Mm-hmm. Which means... There are now acts of violence going on throughout the city. Yeah. People in the higher-ups are being threatened with violence. Right. And there's this... Uh, Fight Club eventually evolves into this thing called Project, Project Mayhem. Mayhem. Is, that's when they're uh, that's when they're raiding people's houses and... Uh, um, uh, destroying property. Destroying property and stuff. Yep. Eventually, Tyler leaves... After falling out with the narrator. And the narrator looks through Tyler's stuff and finds that Tyler has been going to all these cities. Mm. So he visits them. Mm. And he says it's weird because every time he'll go to a city, he'll have this feeling that he was just there. Right. And people will come up to him saying, oh, you're the guy who started Fight Club. Or I can't talk about this with you. Stuff like that. And then they're referring to him as sir. Yes. Which is really strange. He can't figure it out at first. Eventually... 
we come to learn that the narrator is Tyler. Or Tyler is a narrator because right. Tyler exists in his head. Right. right? Yeah. He goes <laughs> home to his original city. Realizes that there is going to be attack on these major credit card companies because all their big headquarters are there, right? Mm-hmm. And he tries to warn the police, mm-hmm. but that doesn't work because many of them are involved with Fight Club and Project. Right, Man. right, right. It's very strange. Yep. And by this point, he's already told Marla to leave town and and kind of pushed her away. Right. Goes out into the world, finds a bomb, tries to stop it. Eventually, Tyler slash him ties him up in this room yes and says hey we have a front row seat we're gonna watch these buildings blow up Mm -hmm. tyler eventually or the narrator eventually realizes that the only way to stop tyler is to shoot himself Mm -hmm. shoots himself tyler dies by this point members of fight club have kidnapped marla Mm -hmm. they bring her up to the room where the narrator's staying he tells everybody to leave, even though they are concerned that he needs medical attention. Mm-hmm. Leave the room. And the narrator explains, hey, you met me at a very odd time in my life. As the buildings of these big credit card companies are exploding in the background. Fade to black, good music, and the movie ends. This is a very unique film that... um I can see why it's divisive, but I really, really enjoy it. And I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff to get out of it. And I want to get your take on it. Well, I didn't hate it. I also didn't love it. (laughs) I kind of liked it. And when I mean kind of, I mean that there were some things that I thought were actually kind of funny in in some uh, weird way. Um... I think the reason why I gave it a week seven, a seven, but a week seven is because, um, this is the first time I was seeing it and I didn't quite understand why there was this kind of dreamlike state going on with the narrator. Cause you said, Oh, you have to, you have to keep on going with uh-huh. this cause it's going to be confusing, but you have to keep on watching it. And then I, I didn't like a lot of the characters. Um, uh, I don't know. I there was just something about Marla I didn't like, and of course I I didn't like the quote unquote Tyler Durden character, even though it was the character that uh, the narrator wanted to be. Uh, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to be that guy. Um, yeah, I I I I I gave it a week seven. I just I I understand why you would like it. Uh, I, I understand why you would like it because of what you've told me, uh-huh. but I didn't feel the same way about it. I don't like any of the characters either, but I admire them, if that makes any sense. You respect them? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I, yeah. Because, like, often in hippie circles, people will talk about, hey, man, I'm just trying to live my truth to the best of my abilities. Whatever the truth is, right? And it's weird because this is a lie. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to a quote I really enjoy, which is that great art is a lie that helps you see the truth. But this is even a lie in the sense of a movie lie, Mm -hmm. because the characters in the movie aren't even real in the reality of that movie. 
right? So it gets even more shaky. And reality is even more complicated than it is in a regular movie. But yet, their lie helps us see the truth. What was that that thing that um, the narrator called it? Uh, Something where he said that uh, you don't know... You don't know, you know, this is a lie until the very end or something like that. Or I don't remember that part of it. It was like towards the end of it. And I can't remember what it was called. Mm. But I was like, that's interesting. Because you really have to watch it. You really have to watch the movie to know what the real truth is. And I'll tell you my experience with the movie. Mm-hmm. It's released in, I want to say, October of 1999. Mm-hmm. I go to see it with the girlfriends. And it was one of those things to where I was a teenager, I was a little bit more hot and heavy. So it was kind of a thing to where... So you weren't paying attention. Yeah, it was kind of a thing where I was in a room where the movie was being shown, but I didn't really absorb it. Because you were too much into the girl. Exactly. Okay. In 2002, I go to Blockbuster Video, rent the movie, watch it, really, really enjoy it, but didn't even really think of it again until... 2018 when I rented it, watched, or not, I didn't rent it, I found it, watched it, and then that's when I got it, when I was a little bit older. Okay. Um, and I think this is an incredible movie on a lot of different levels. So, I know you weren't really paying attention to film the same way that I was in the late 90s. No. But this film, well, first of all, I thought it was a lot more popular than it was. Mm. Because it was in the news all the time, right? Okay. Um, it it has a very weird history. It was released by Fox, and Fox News bashed this movie a lot when it came out. Like, they had Bill O'Reilly doing segments about how, because of this film, fight clubs are starting to pop up across the country, and we really need to... Is there, is there fight clubs across the country? There started to be versions of it. Now, it wasn't like this. It would be in schools. <clears throat> oh. These, like, really weird after-school activities. Oh, that's I didn't even... Well, I'll keep in mind, I wasn't, um, I wasn't paying attention to the movie. I, and with my history of it, I just saw the um I saw the the previews of it and it didn't seem like a good preview to me. Yeah, but what's interesting about it that I find is when it was released, the company that made the film yeah. was going out of its way to badmouth the movie. Think, which rarely happens. I think the Fox network is slightly different than Fox. They weren't back then. Now they're owned by different companies, but yeah. at the time they were under the same umbrella. And so you have this weird dichotomy of a a major company is releasing a product that they're telling you is bad for America, Mm -hmm. right? Which I thought was very interesting. And you also have this weird thing of one of the biggest stars at the time, Brad Pitt, is doing this film that's very anti-capitalism, right? Mm -hmm. It's very much going against the system that we live in because... I mean, the movie ends with them destroying all these major credit card companies and the two characters holding hands, right? And before then, you see all this weird symbolism, like there's a scene where they're watching TV and you see a Pepsi commercial right before a news segment and you see Starbucks uh, coffee cups in a lot of scenes. And there's a lot of talk about how capitalism is bad for the human condition. Right, so you have the narrator who can't get sleep, and one of the reasons is because he's addicted to these shopping catalogs, 
or yeah, he's up yeah. late at night watching infomercials. The infomercials, right, because he said that, I thought it was funny. I will say, I thought this scene was really funny because he was talking about, you know, anything, you know, uh, any table that looked like such and such, I had to have it. Mm-hmm. And all these weird things, and he was living in this condo, this nice condo. And I was like, that's that's strange. <laughs> to, to me, the clear message of this movie is that capitalism is bad for the human spirit. It slowly gets into us and destroys who we are as individuals because it teaches us to go along with the crowd. According to the movie, which I disagree with. Right, but do you feel that that's the message from the film? One of them? Uh, possibly. I mean, I don't agree with it, obviously, but possibly. Or um, that, uh, um, you know, when he's talking about, he, you, you know, you want to, you know, when, when uh, Brad Pitt is talking about the um, Edward Norton wanting to be him. Yeah. Because he was living a boring lifestyle before he, be, he was Tyler. Mm-hmm. And that I'm the one in your head. You want to be me, and uh, you are. You created me so that you could you could have that lifestyle you want. I don't know. Well, but it it, it attacks following the crowd, and it says that capitalism is the way that society follows and is led. But it also attacks alternative ways of life. Because if you look at the members of Project Mayhem, mm-hmm. especially during like the last third of this movie, they're all followers, besides for the narrator. Like, they um, don't question their orders. Well, what about, you know, the, the value of people, right? Because Bob was shot in the head by mm-hmm. the people of Project Mayhem, and I... Um, you know, and, and the narrator saying, this guy is a person, he's not just collateral damage. He's a person. He was my friend. His name was Bob Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson, which is funny because there is a Rob Paulson who is an actor. Okay. Um, and then, which was really kind of weird, was that they kept chanting, his name is Robert Paulson. Right, but that goes yeah. into my point. But, These people tried to escape capitalism because they see it as... I wasn't finished. Well, listen to my point. They see capitalism as a way they're being brainwashed. And then they join this other organization where it's just another form of group think. Because none of them stop stop chanting Robert Paulson. They all just go along with it when the narrator tells them to. Right, right, right. But what were you about to say? Well, no, I was just talking about the uh, how they were treating people as... Um, not valuable because they were fighting them and they were fighting them and and one of them you know during the project mayhem thing uh happened to get shot in the head and they were going to take the body and bury it somewhere in a garden without giving it without giving bob a proper burial what does this movie teach us about alternative lifestyles uh not always a good thing. I don't know. Um, I guess I would think... I guess I would think differently as far as what you said about going against alternative lifestyles and how it doesn't always... Well, I guess, like, for example, when remember when you told me about the tunnel people? 
Yeah, there's the, uh, that's yeah about the book, the tunnel people. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of thinking about a lifestyle like that and how um, how Tyler was living in this dilapidated house and it happened to be somebody else's house. And it it wasn't, you know, nothing was working and, you know, you can't live like that. There's a warm refrigerator. And it's un, it's literally unlivable for somebody to live like that. But I, it's not always a good thing. The film tells us that we can't live a mainstream lifestyle because we'll be a slave. But it also tells us that we can't live in an alternative lifestyle because we'll also just be followers. So it's very dystopian in that sense. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Would you agree with that? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't even know. I'm not sure how to even uh, put that together. I can't wrap my head around it. I don't know how soap is made, even after seeing this movie. <laughs> it's not made with fat. Okay. It's not made with fat. But that could have also been like some weird metaphor. I, I only know that because... um. My sister has made soap, and nice. it's not made with fat. That that also could have been some metaphor. That is so they, gross. But, but here's the thing. Yeah. There's a line in this movie that really gets me. They talk about how they steal this fat, make the soap, and then Tyler sells his soap for $20 a bar. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's selling to these rich clients who have liposuction done. Their fat back. And so basically... They're paying $20 for a small bar and basically paying to buy their own fat asses back. Which could be representative of so many things in our society. And I'm wondering what you thought of that. Um, His idea of swindling. It's almost like he was swindling them out of, I don't know. He's selling them back, selling them back their own that. bodies. Yeah, that's that's a little bit... Um, I don't know what to think about that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. One could make an interesting argument that this film is sort of foreshadowing. It's sort of, I don't know if you've ever heard the idea of late stage capitalism. And the the basic premise is, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, is that capitalism has grown so big and so invasive that eventually it has to die. Because it's too much for the people who are living under it. And a lot of people make the argument that the U.S. is in a form of late state capitalism. Because all of our politicians, with a few exceptions, are bought and sold by major corporations. You have all these laws favoring the rich. You have socialism for the rich and this type of thing. And everybody else is just sort of left to support them. And some have made the argument that this film is sort of like a harbinger of things to come. Because it comes at an interesting time. It comes before the Iraq War, the second one. It comes as mass shootings are becoming a big thing. Um, And I'm just wondering what you think about the movie based on the time that it was released. Um, I never thought about that, mm. but now that you mentioned uh, things that have happened afterwards, and it makes me think about that, mm-hmm. so I don't really have any opinions on that at the moment. But maybe it's something to, to think about, right? You know, and and come up with your own conclusions. Okay. Um, we also have seen 
and this has grown since COVID, but it was happening a lot before then, the death of the mom and pop store. Mm-hmm. Because more and more of them are going away and are being replaced by these big companies. And in, in a lot of ways, this film kind of reflects that. Right? Because there's all these Starbucks references. There's all these... These the this talk of labels and whatnot in the movie, but like the either it's the label you wear as an individual or these brands, um, and I, I always find that interesting. And it's more and more so every time I see the film, I pick up on little things like that. Hmm. A question I have for you, babes: mm-hmm. Do you think that Fight Club could be made today? No. <laughs> I don't know if it, if it could, mm-hmm. but, um, and I say that because, because of what's going on with our culture and, uh, PCness, right? Um, how, how people don't want to, um, talk about the truth about things like this. Um, but I, I mean, it really makes somebody think about that, right? Um, I don't know that it would be good. I don't know that it would be a good movie today. But, but do you think it could be made? I don't know. Well, that's what I was trying to say. I okay. didn't come out right. I yeah. don't know that it could be made today. Mm. Yeah. I, I agree. Like it would be canceled. I agree because it had trouble being made back then. And this is a film, a lot of people say that this is, oh, a great conservative movie, right? But at the time... Who says that? I, I've heard people say that this, if it was made today, it would be about Trump fans, would be the heroes of the movie. Who said that? I've heard people say that. Online. I I don't know that I agree with that. I don't agree with that because I, I, I don't know that I agree with it because it's so against. Um, I have I have a hard time agreeing with that. Yeah, because let's keep it real: both conservatives and liberals are capitalists, right? Um, and to pretend anything different is is just nonsense. And at the time this movie was made, it, it, there was a lot of conservatives bashing this movie. Um, so I, I don't think that that's the I, case at all. I don't, but. yeah, I, I think it would, I don't know that it would be, um, I don't know that this movie would be necessarily, um, for any politician, but it, I wouldn't even say it's a conservative movie at all. I no, it's, I, it's not even, I say it's apolitical in a lot of ways you because, so? because it's against corporations. And that's the real reason the movie was so derided when it came out. It's not that there was so much it's violence. Very it's not that there's so much violence in the movie because a lot of movies have violence. Mm-hmm. The reason that this movie was so hated was because it was advocating for violence against big corporations. Well, violence against people as well. It's not just big corporations. No, but other movies have violence men, against you know, men against men. No, no, but babes. Other movies have violence against people. And they're not hated like this movie was. This movie's hated because it's it it promotes destroying big corporations. And they use violence against people as the excuse to go after this film. Mm. Okay. That's what I think. At least. Okay. I don't know if you agree with that. It doesn't sound like you do. Or maybe you need time to process it. I don't know. I mean, that was a pretty intense movie. Mm. I mean, I I just saw it the first time last night, so I it's hard to say. All I have to say is that I didn't love it as much as you did. I think it is. I was not in love with the movie, but I also didn't hate it. Every time I watch it, I like it more. It just gets better and better the more I view it. And last night was maybe the fifth time I watched it, 
So it's not like I've seen it, you know, every single month. But I do enjoy it more whenever I view it. A question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Is Marla real? Mm. And I don't know. I think that there's a good argument to be made that she's part of his imaginary life as well. Um, Maybe she's real in some ways, but she isn't in other ways. Mm-hmm. Because Tyler was a horrible person. Right. Yes. He was a well. Psych- well, I don't hold know. On, about hold, on, that. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wasn't finished yet. Tyler's character was a was a psychopath. Um, if you didn't know that Tyler the narrator were, were the same person, mm-hmm. and uh, so in some ways I think Marlo was real, but in some ways I don't think she was real because if the narrator was really Tyler, or no, if. Uh, so, so the narrator uh, goes back to his life after after he shoots himself in the face. And, are, 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 yes, but we don't know what that life looks like. But we assume that he he that Tyler has gone for good. Okay, but the but when we before we meet Tyler, um, that character Tyler, the narrator seemed uh, for the most part. An okay person, except he was addic- He had some addictions and he couldn't sleep. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I mean, I think in some ways maybe she is real, and in other ways she isn't. So maybe in some of the scenes she actually exists, but in other scenes she she's not really there, and we're seeing what the narrator believes is her. I don't know. Well, we go at the end. Remember when he says, "I you met me at a, at an odd time in my life." Yes, maybe that's the real Marla. I think that's possible. I think we because we don't know how what what happens to Marla after that. We don't know how she really is. We don't know what happens to the narrator either. And the narrator, yeah. I think there's a good chance that she never went to testicular cancer, right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that Marla that was sleeping with Tyler was not really her. It's possible that he meets her at other support groups, though. Right. And that their exchange in the street is real. Yeah. And that maybe he reestablished contact with her when he was living in the house. Mm -hmm. But not every scene with her is real. That's kind of the conclusion I've come to. Uh, Maybe you're right. And I'm thinking, why does she keep appearing Mm -hmm. out of nowhere? Why does she keep appearing? And what is she doing in in his house? When... uh, you know, her and Tyler were over. Well, you know, why? What is up with that? Mm-hmm. Maybe those are the times where she wasn't real, and that's what that he was imagining her. And maybe the real Marlo was at the end of the movie. What happens to the narrator? Uh, maybe he leaves his job. Doesn't sound like he's very happy. Um, finds a better place to live. Wait a minute, I have to ask you a question, though. What's up? That guy, Lou. Remember that guy, Lou? Yes. Was And he was claiming that that place was his place, right? The the, the bar. The bar? Oh, the bar. Okay. Remember, because they had Fight Club in the back of the spar for a while. Oh, I thought it was... I From thought the they basement. were having it... Okay, I'm sorry. I thought they were having it at, um, at uh, Tyler's place. They did later on. Mm-hmm. But there was a period of time where it was at the spar. Right. Do you think he was just there to to be in a fight with them or that they were you just trying to get them out of this bar he wanted them out of the bar but I, a greater narrative per, uh, purpose of this 
was to show how crazy Tyler was Mm -hmm. that he would challenge Lou. Right. That he would still figure out a way to dominate him, even though Lou was trying to play the macho role. Well, okay, and then and then another thing is why what happened with the whole car crash? Because there was a a guy in the back seat, and uh, was uh, Edward Norton in the front seat with Tyler with uh, Brad Pitt? Oh, when they were driving down the freeway, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, he was in the front. Okay, and I guess your question would be, how did that go in real life? Right, and we are assuming that that scene actually happened when it could have just been all in the narrator's head. Okay, because he wakes up and he's in the hospital, right? He, if I remember correctly, he wakes up and Brad Pitt is kind of like over, over, looking over him. But I don't necessarily remember if he's in the hospital. Right. And again, all that could be in the narrator's head, which I think it is. So, so the, so the, it, it seemed that the crash happened, but it. It really didn't. Least, it really didn't. I don't think it happened. Okay. This movie really kind of reminds me of Vanilla Sky mm. with uh, with Tom Cruise and um, Penelope Cruz. And I didn't like Vanilla Sky. I actually gave it a six. Oh. Um, so this one is slightly better, but I didn't necessarily love it. And I did not like Vanilla Sky. I, I actually didn't like it at all. So. What did you think of Bob? Oh, uh, Bob, you know... I wonder, uh, and and do you think Bob was real? I think, yes, I do. Okay. I do. I wonder if Bob represents the emotional part of the narrator that he wanted to be. I have a theory on Bob. What's that? And this actually plays into the movie. One of the messages is, I think this movie tells us or I don't know if it tells us or if it so much warns us mm-hmm. that we need to believe in something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that belief leads us down really awful ro- roads. Right. So Bob, if we know anything about him, we know that he had testicular cancer. He was taking he, hormone Right. He, he used to be successful, but he was uh, addicted to juicing himself with steroids. And his grown kids no longer talk to him. Right. So right. he's kind of rejected from society right. in the sense that, like, well, he doesn't have his balls anymore. And there's tons of stigma in our culture about uh, all I have is my word and my balls. And, you know, a man is supposed to have his balls. And, and he is a man without balls and a man with kids who don't talk to him. Right. So he's easier to influence. He's he's pretty much diminished. He Yeah, he wants to follow something. Yeah. And he sees Fight Club or Project Mayhem as his way to be accepted into a community. Right, to feel like a man. Yeah. Right. Yes. What does this film teach us about community? Well, give me your give me your opinion and I'll let you know cuz I haven't figured that out yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, you could make the argument and I'm not saying I am, but I guess maybe I am, mm-hmm. is that this film teaches us that the individual is more important than the community. Right. Because if you're part of any community, you're ultimately just going to be another follower. Right. At the same time, and this is thinking of a different perspective, at the same time, regardless of that, right? Even mm-hmm. though you are an individual, we do we are designed to be uh around people we need people we need people to survive uh 
But there are, again, there are communities that you shouldn't be in because you could go down a, a, a wrong path if you follow them. But there are other communities that would help you get along, you know, help you to walk through your life, uh, through your life. And you need people to walk through your life with. You can't, you can't walk through your life alone. We're not designed to be alone. I think there's a good chance that in 200 years, this will be the film that people remember when they think of Brad Pitt or Edward Norton. I don't know. Hmm. It's hard to say. Really? Well, I don't know because I'll be gone. Right, but it's if I were to speculate, time. I think that this will be the film that goes down in the in history where when people talk about Brad Pitt, they'll say, oh, Tyler from the from Fight Club. Mm. That'll be his contribution to film history. I mean, I, it, it doesn't necessarily mean I think that this is his best film, but I don't think that people will be talking about Interview with a Vampire the same way they talk about Fight Club. And with Edward Norton, I don't think they'll, they'll talk about American History X, which I think is overrated, uh, and I know I'm in the minority, or The People versus Larry Flint the mm -hmm. same way they talk about Fight Club. Right. He'll just be remembered for Fight Club. Right. Now, I don't know that for sure, but that's my opinion. Okay. Yes. Do you still stand by your belief that this is a week seven? Yes. Wow. Does watching this film make you want to read the book that it's based on? I I don't know, honestly. Mm. I don't know. The book might be even crazier than the movie. Have you, have you read it? I've only read the first chapter of it. Okay. Yes. So, are you thinking you're going to read it? I'm thinking about going back to it at some point. Is it called Fight Club? Yes, it is. Okay. Are you glad that you've seen the movie? Oh, uh, that's a strange question. I don't know. <laughs> oh. I appreciate it if that's what you're wanting me to say. I appreciate the movie. Am I glad to see it? I don't know. <laughs> Occasionally, we'll get these things that happen that make us look outside <laughs> of society. Mm hmm. And in our lifetime, you could make the argument that in some ways COVID was like that because we were no longer going to the same places, having drinks at Starbucks. Uh, eating out with friends. Right, feeding into the capitalist system. And so it kind of gave us a window into life outside of our society. It happens in movies. 1999 was a particularly interesting year yeah. because not only did you have this film, but you also have the matrix, mm -hmm. which you have not seen. I, I think I did. It's been a long time. I think we need to revisit that movie at some point. Okay. He keeps saying, I haven't seen it. I think I did. I think you'd remember if you did, but I, I think I did. Though. Okay. I'm I, because like I said, there are movies that I've seen that I didn't know the titles to. Okay. And, I didn't know that I saw it. Well, that that wasn't really the point. So Ugh. you have something like this that makes you look outside of society in a way. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, do you think you've learned anything about the capitalist system from this movie? Um, I learned that it, that there are um, there are people that have distorted distorted views about capitalism that I don't need to go into. Mm. I. That has not changed my views on capitalism, but I think that there are people that have some misconceptions about it. I'm not an anarchist or a communist or anything like that. I am a capitalist. Mm -hmm. But 
I also recognize that there are problems with our system. And this movie is a piece of art out of many that highlights that. And I also don't believe that all big corporations are evil corporations. I think that there are some that are definitely um, kowtowing to more uh, socialist regimes. But I also don't think that every single corporation should be... um, should be uh, blown apart. When you say kowtowing to certain socialist regimes, I feel that that's a little bit disingenuous. Disingenuous. Because socialism goes against capitalism. And there might be some companies that try to use the language of socialism. Um, but at the heart, they're capitalists. So let me give you an example of what I mean. Because I realize that my words might not make sense. Um, last year when we had all the protests over police shootings, right? Uh Black people. Uh Amazon had a section on their, on their, uh, prime video website. I believe it was called black lives matter Uh and and maybe getting the title wrong, but it was something like that where it was to highlight films from black filmmakers that were meant to, you know, make you more aware of, of the struggles going uh, along in black culture. So you could say from that sense, oh, yeah, they're kowtowing to the socialist ideals. Mm -hmm. But really, when you think about it, they're still capitalists. They're doing it because it's in the public eye and they want people to think that they're woke. But at the same time, they're oppressing their employees by having these work environments where you're not allowed to take bathroom breaks. You can't form unions you have to meet these that, insane quotas, and oftentimes it's impression oppressing black workers. I I don't, I just I totally disagree with that. Okay, uh, because this is another uh, misconception of what capitalism is. I think I honestly think that um, Amazon is definitely going the um, the socialist route, and even if you think that they're still capitalists, I think that they've used. Um, uh, the whole um, black protest, right? Mm-hmm. I honestly think that um, they really are woke uh, in in saying, "Oh, we need to show more movies about. We need to highlight more movies from uh, that were made by black um, black directors or whatever it is." Um, I don't know that that makes them capitalists. I think that they're capitalizing on the uh, woke narrative. Of what's going on. Yeah, they're capitalizing, they're capitalizing it by keeping it distracted. They're capital. They're well, maybe capitalizing isn't 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 the right word, but they're politicizing it. And I don't know that that's that would be considered uh, being capitalist and doing that. I I one hundred percent. And and outside of that, Jeff Bezos is worth something like two hundred billion dollars. That really doesn't seem like a socialist thing to me. You know what I mean? I. Like how many socialists do you know are worth two hundred billion? Yeah, I, 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 I disagree, Bubs. I think, I think that he's, he's definitely. I, I honestly think he's an evil guy. But I do. Too. I'm not saying that I don't. But, but, I, but not all. But I'm, I'm saying I think that there are definitely misconceptions about what capitalism really is. But I think that Jeff Bezos represents capitalism to its extreme. As do many executives from many corporations who try to play the whole woke card, right? And so I think it's disingenuous to say that these companies are pro-socialism. I I disagree, Bob. Mm. I do. I think that there are just, I think that there are people that think that, oh, capitalism is about taking people for their money. You know, taking whatever money they can get out of people. I 
I don't agree with it. I think it's an extreme form of capitalism, but I, I think, even think you could call it capitalism. I do think you could. And I think it's one that is played in this country a lot. doesn't mean every corporation is like that, but I think the big ones are oftentimes fall into that trap. But, but a lot of these um, so-called corporations that are taking money from people are in league with, uh, have been in league with China. And China, as you know, China is a socialist regime, and we're finding out that now. I do know that, but here's... We're, we're finding that out now. So, I mean, how could you call that a, cop, a capitalist uh, business? Well, uh, do you want me to explain it to you? No, no I don't. <laughs> no, like, I, no, I'm just asking a question. I wasn't, okay. I wasn't expecting you to explain it. Let, let me... Let me uh, I wasn't even finished with my all question. Right, ask your question, and then I'm going to answer it. I'll, I wasn't expecting you to answer it. I'm just saying... Really? really? Yes. No, I'll let... Ooh. Scruffy. Scruffy. Uh, <laughs> A lot of snow in my face. Yes. There's some scruff. It is scruff. What I'm saying is, I don't know how anyone could call it a, capu a, a capitalist business when these so-called capitalists are... Um, have taken a lot of cues from China. They're, they're, they have... Um, they have been in league with China, so I just don't understand how. And and with the whole um, treating their employees with uh, no bathroom breaks is, is definitely evil. Um, but I'm just not sure how they could be considered a capitalist business, a capitalist um, corporation, when they are uh, when they're getting money from China. Okay. I get it. So let me. I don't understand. Let's break this down. If I'm uh, the Chinese version of Rick and Alana, right? And I don't think there is one. I doubt it. But if I'm doing a podcast and and in China and I'm saying, well, I, I can make the reverse argument. I could say, well, I just don't see how Amazon could be a, um, a socialist company when so much of their business is in America. They started in America. They make a lot of money in America. They employ a lot of American citizens. So how could they be a socialist country, right? That could oh, be right. the what you said, socialist country. Yeah, but you know what I meant. Yeah, like uh, yeah. And so somebody from China could make the exact opposite argument. Well, how are they a socialist company when their headquarters are in America and when they so 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 sell so many goods to America? That's one argument. I would also say the reason they do business with China isn't because they love socialism. The reason they do business with China is because they love capitalism and they see that it's a big market that they could infiltrate and get money out of. I disagree. I think that the reason why they do business with China is because if they don't do business with China, then China is going to cut off their money supply. Exactly, but that's my, no, you no, just no, made no, my no, point. No, 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 hold on, hold on. I wasn't done yet. Go ahead. I, I disagree with you because they have to. I mean, this is this is what I mean. They they are they are now becoming more a part of their socialist regime because they are supporting their they're they are supporting this regime. They're um, employing people to um, to take their businesses elsewhere to China, not America. So uh, I I. I I think oppositely on that. Yeah, but the reason they're doing that is not out of the goodness of their heart. It's because they can make money. So it's not like they, they're opening business in China because, oh, we're socialists now. It's because they want to make money from China. It, your argument actually disproves itself, which I find very fascinating. I don't think it disproves itself. I think it does. And we were using Amazon as an example, but obviously most 
corporations. No, I, 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 it didn't disprove itself. I thought it. Did. No, because because you have a, a like I said, I, I honestly think you have a destroyed view of capitalism. Respectfully, I say that respectfully. Okay. I think, I'm, not, I'm not trying to judge you, but I do say it respectfully because I know we disagree on this. Well, I think you have a distorted view of it too, but give me a kiss. A real kiss. A real kiss. Oh my goodness. Okay, okay, okay. A real kiss is fine. None of this joking. All right, so <laughs> a question I have getting back to Fight Club and uh, what it represents. It, and eventually we will get to the second movie. We have to get to the second movie. Yeah. yeah. But I can't remember. I don't think I asked this, but maybe I, I was about to. Is that? Are we in late stage capitalism? I thought we were done with this conversation. Um, or the subject. Um, as far as. Uh, Do you think that our system of life is coming near the end of its usefulness? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think that there are, are uh, things that I've, I, have, I am worried about, but I don't know that it's coming to an end. And I'm on the fence about that. Depending on what hour you ask me, I could give you a different answer. So <laughs> I don't feel like it. Yeah, I, I don't know where to go with that question, so I'm not even going to bother asking, okay. uh, answering it. Okay. You're like, okay, good. Okay, good. I think we've uh, we talked it to death already. Yes, you're like, hurry up so I can get back to watching Newsmax. Oh, bugs. No, I love you, babes. Mm. Let me give you a kiss. Uh, J-Lo. Yes. I have another question about Fight Club. And we're, we're coming near the end of my Fight Club questions. Thank you. Would you recommend this movie to anybody in your family? Um, I would. I mean, I, I, I think that maybe people would would like watching this. I don't, I mean, I personally don't like it as much as other people do, but... I think it would be kind of interesting to see what people think about that. What would be your elevator pitch to a family member about Fight elevator Club? pitch? Yeah. Um, if you want a psychological thriller with a little bit of violence, well, with a lot of violence in it, that really makes you think. Watch Fight Club. <laughs> nice. I know. I don't know. Psychological. It's it's definitely a psychological thriller. Yeah. Sure. It's, it really, it really brings you. It really, you're really on a psychological roller coaster. Yes, it's interesting to me. This film was or is anti-capitalism, and it was made by Fox, and Fox denounced it. We already went into that, but now Fight Club is owned by Disney. The Disney Corporation owns this movie that really speaks against the culture that Disney promotes. Um, how do you well, feel? Disney Disney has has slowly gone downhill, so it doesn't surprise me that they would own this um, movie now that it's completely um, gone off of what they were promoting before. Well, but Disney, like every or like most major corporations, wears the mask of being woke, but really isn't, right? They're they're getting they're getting they're going in that direction, and I honestly think if uh, Walt Disney knew about it, he would be rolling in his grave. Do they have health care for all their workers? Do all their workers li- have a living wage? I can't answer that question. See, th- to me, that's the real, that would be the real sign that a, a corporation is moving I, against capitalism. No, no, I, I, uh, I, no, I'm talking about what's being promoted. It's not just that they're, are they providing health care to their, their, um, their employees, it's more than just healthcare to their employees. What are they actually? What are they supporting and what are they promoting? Right, but 
there's a difference between what a company promotes in public and what they do behind the scenes. So you could tell that the Disney Corporation was changing their ways if the board of directors came down tomorrow and said, we're going to redistribute our wealth. All the profit we make, we're going to split it equally amongst all of our workers at our various theme parks and who work behind the scenes of our movies. That would be a real show of power. I, and a real show that the company is changing. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but even so, I, I feel that it is going downhill. I yeah. used to do private events, as you know. Yeah. And I'm not going to... That's a whole different can of worms. But I remember I met somebody who worked for Disney. Yes. And she hated it to where she said that the animators, they are called Mousewitch. Instead of Mousewitch, oh, they call it Mousewitch. Oh, the animators? Or yes. The, or the, the animators. The animators called it that. Yes. That's what, that's what she said. So so uh, this was when? This when was maybe that? 2017. Oh, okay. So this is fairly recent. Yes. This wasn't like 20 years ago. No. When things weren't quite like this. No. Okay. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is a... Um, I don't know who handed over... Who handed uh, Disney over to ABC. Because now ABC is a big uh, uh, parent company. ABC was bought by Disney. Just a- so ABC play. was bought by... Okay, I'm sorry. Disney is a parent company. Yes. So now Disney has become this huge corporation. And... Um, yeah, that's that's crazy because I because I remember going there as a young child in the early '90s and it was never like this. But you do realize that it was a huge corporation at the time because they had movies, the Disney I, Channel theme parks. No, I understand that. Okay. No, no, of course, but I'm just seeing that the way that it's going now after 30 years, it's craziness. Yeah, I think what you and I, how we perceive things, is a little bit different. You look at the public image of a company. And I try to dig a little bit deeper and think about, well, what are they really doing behind the scenes? And if you look at a public, if you just see what they want you to see, your perception is going to be a little bit different than mine is. And maybe not as correct. But. Maybe not as correct. (laughs) Stop tickling. No, not as correct. Stop tickling me, please. (laughs) So. Okay, can we go on to the we're, we're going to, but I, I just have a couple more questions. I said I had a lot of questions. But th- we're about to wrap it up, babes. Okay. okay. You got to go with me. Oh. So how do you feel about Disney owning Fight Club? I mean, it is a weird thing. It is very strange. Um, it should surprise me, but it doesn't. It, mm. It's taken liberties with... Oh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just evolved into this, this gigantic monster. And, um, I don't know how the, I don't know if any former animators have left or voice actors and actresses have left or what have you, because I'm sure that the ones that have been around since the eighties and nineties are just like, wow, this is really, well, really, hold on. I wasn't done. Bubs, you asked me a question. Go ahead. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. What I would say is it's kind of odd to think that. Uh, Fight Club is owned by the type of corporation that Fight Club preaches against. I know. Yeah. But it also doesn't surprise me because of the way that Disney is going now. And it makes me wonder, could you ever see a time when you go to Disneyland, you see Mickey and Minnie Mouse, Buzz Lightyear, Woody, and Tyler Durden, Marla, and the narrator? Well, they wouldn't be at that park. 
It would, I would definitely make me want to go. Uh, no. Hey, there's Heartlander and talking to Mickey Mouse. No, it's not that kind of a park, Bubs. I, know. I think they separate themselves. It's from the... it was meant to be more of a humorous observation. I didn't think that was funny though. Well, you didn't. Have to know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Would you ever want to see a sequel to this movie? No. Okay. I think it speaks for itself. I do too. Whether or not you agree with it or whether you disagree with it, I think it speaks for itself. I don't think there needs to be a sequel. No. I don't think we need to know about what happens with the narrator and Marla. I agree. <laughs> um, I have compared this movie to Vertigo in the way that it plays with reality. Uh-huh. And I'm curious, from your perspective, what movie is better? I, uh, I personally like Vertigo better. I think it makes me think a lot more. Interesting. Yes. Wow. Yes, I do. I do. I do. I think they're both great. But I give the edge to Fight Club. No, I give the edge to Vertigo. Oh my god! Even as old as it was, I thought it was. I thought it really does play with your mind. Well, me saying that Fight Club is better isn't meant as a diss against Vertigo. No, I never said that. You know, I just think Vertigo is better. Okay. I never said that was a diss against Vertigo because we both like Vertigo. Yeah. One last question. Okay. Is there anything about this movie that we failed to talk about, or that you wanted to ask me about? Um, did we ever find out how Tyler got that dilapidated apartment? The house, we never learned the origins behind that. Right, and that nothing was working. And in fact, at one point, uh, the narrator even says, I don't know if Tyler owned the place or if he was just a squatter there. And I didn't ask him. Okay. Yeah. He, he just wanted a place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though it was really disgusting. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how he could take a bath in that water. I know. Yuck. Anyway. Anyway. I wonder how they. I wonder what they did to convert whatever place into that house because they really had to make it look pretty see pretty um uh pretty shady. Yeah, I don't know if they used a soundstage or an actual old house, but whatever they did, it worked. Yeah. And with that said, I can't wait to see the new Fight Club cartoon that'll be on the Disney Channel. Coming to Disney Plus soon. Oh, bubs. Rated TVG. Really? Yes. No, there will be no Fight Club cartoon. Although that, I don't know how they would make that one. No, that would be interesting, though. Yeah. Yes. A, a, a cartoon version of uh, Edward Norton. Yes. And a cartoon version of Tyler, so they would be for children. Right. That's a little <laughs> strange. Well, we wanted to appeal to the 6 and 10-year-old. The new Fight Club. and It, would, it would be called... Uh, the Relax Club the re- <laughs> would be the follow-up cartoon. Loosely based on Fight Club. The Fun Club, maybe. The Fun Club. That's what it is. <laughs> or and Fun Club. The Fun Club. And basically how it works is Tyler and the narrator go around and they show people how to have fun. And occasionally they'll enlist their buddy Marla to come along. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. That's enough. All right. That's enough. Beebs. Maybe I'll read the book. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Tell me about Finding Neverland. Now, now keep in mind, like I've told you before, it's not like Hook. I thought Hook was a better movie. I do too. Finding Neverland was starring uh, Johnny Depp and Kate Winslet. I forgot who played his wife. Was it Kate Beckinsale? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, so this is about... uh, J.M. Barry, I believe his his name was supposed to be James. 
and J.M. Barry loved going on adventures. It, it, he seemed like the kind of person that was really into having a great adventure, even if it was at home. And his wife, Mary, he's been married to his wife for quite some time. Mary Berry. Mary Berry. There was, you know what? There is a chef named Mary Berry. I, I didn't know out. that. Yeah. Wow. I found out that, that, that there is a, a, a chef from England named Mary Berry. Interesting. <laughs> I found it out by accident. <clears throat> I don't know what I was looking for, but it was quite funny. Anyway, Mary Berry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it might be B-A-R-R-Y. I'm not sure. She has been um, really distant from her husband, James. And James was like, hey, you know, I want to take a walk. You want to come with me? And she's like, no, no, I don't want to. Uh, so she, so he meets these boys. Their names are George Jack. She does? He, I'm sorry. Go ahead. J Jim Barry. Meets these four boys, uh, George, Jack, Peter, and Michael, in no particular order. I'm not sure who was. I think George might be the oldest one. And um, their mother, Sylvia, who's played by Kate Winslet, is a widow. I'm guessing that her husband died recently. He died on the Titanic. No, he didn't. That's a different movie. And then her heart went Bubs. Bubs. Sorry, go ahead. Shall I bring up uh, What's-Her-Face? <laughs> oh, that one? All right, back to the movie page. <laughs> My heart will go on, girl. Yes. Anyway. Let's get back to the movie. One of Alana's friends. No, uh, I don't know if you categorize that. But anyway. I didn't used to date her, but I would. Oh, my goodness. Right, back to the movie, babes. Okay. Stop interrupting. Go ahead. <laughs> You're bringing us off track. Keep going. <laughs> what ifs? What ifs? You're trying to distract me with kisses. Anyway. Kissing your hand. Yes, you now can if you'd like. Thank you. Now back to the movie. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so he meets Sylvia and her four, four boys. Her, it, It's implied that her husband died recently. She um, lives with her mother, who's, uh, oh, she's a horrible person. She she's seems, a bitch. Uh, that's what you said. No, you even said that last night during the movie. I you agreed. didn't say it like that. You agreed. I agree that she agreed. was horrible. Yes. Um, I said... Okay. All right. <laughs> you don't want to go too deep into that. No, Bubs. Okay, but... I don't want to, but she is a horrible person. Yes. Um, so, you know, she wants discipline and order in the house. She doesn't want the kids playing around. Uh, James Barry uh, ends up spending more time with them. Uh, they create plays. They, uh, they have his dog uh, going in on the fun. Because there's a scene where um, somebody ties a kite to the dog. Now, Peter, I want to focus on Peter for a minute. Peter is the one who really takes his father's death very, very hard. It's it's very obvious in the beginning that he is a very, very um, angry little boy. But that anger is disguised, or that hurt is disguised as anger because he's grieving for his father. And he feels like James is taking over his father role. Would you agree? Yes. Meanwhile, uh, his his marriage is, is slowly crumbling. He lives with his wife, and they have uh, staff living with him because he makes a lot of money with his plays. And a lot of his plays are very good. And one of the critics of his plays happens to be who? 
happens to be, I don't know, but one of the finan- financiers of his plays happens to be Dustin Hoffman. Oh, financiers, I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. I thought he was a critic. <laughs> no, I mean, he was there when they were doing the rehearsals yes. because he was financing the play. Right. Yeah. I thought so it he, was really... He, he gave some opinions on the play. I thought it was really creative that they put him in there. Dustin Hoffman. Well, he's such a good actor. He's he's good in anything, pretty much. Yes, he is. Yes. He was good as a critic, but I thought that was really interesting that they put him in there. Better as Ratso Rizzo, but as the critic. Better, better as Ratso Rizzo? Ratso Rizzo Ratso from Rizzo. Night Cowboy. Oh, okay. A movie that I'm not allowed to watch with Alana. Or Tootsie. I'm not allowed to watch Tootsie with Alana. I never said that. Okay. I would watch Tootsie. Let's do Midnight Cowboy and Tootsie next week. No. Okay. I'm sorry. I really don't want to see Midnight Cowboy. I'm sorry. I, I just don't. I can't. Mm-mm. I don't. Okay. What is? Moving it on. It sounds a little too extreme for me. What anyway. Ifs? Moving on. So. What ifs? Despite. Yeah. What if? Um, Moving uh, on. Despite the Dustin Hoffman's role, which he was good in this movie. Um. So, obviously, he's made some money off of these plays. Um, he starts spending more afternoons with the boys. Johnny uh, Depp. Johnny Depp. Yep. Uh, but because I really feel like he has done that because because his wife won't go on adventures with him. And he wants to create that youthfulness in his life. And he wants he wants something to really make him feel younger. I, I, I feel. Uh his marriage is crumbling. It's found out later on that um, Mary really has given up on the relationship and starts to talk to some other guy. And she says, you know, you're never home. You made money off of these plays and you're never home. And you always want to go on these adventures. And he's like, I wanted to take you on these adventures. I've tried. I've tried. And you just don't want to come. You don't want to be with me. And I don't know what to do anymore. And and so she's pretty much given up and they end up getting divorced. Because she sees that she starts to have an affair with that man. Uh, Would you like to, uh, would you like to uh, add some more? Around this time, we notice that Kate Winslet is getting sick. Yes. We don't really know what it is, but she's coughing a lot. And the new J.M. Barry play is about to hit the stage. It's called Peter Pan. Yep. Right? Yep. They're supposed to go to opening night, but they can't because Homegirl is in bed. Sylvia. Sick. Yeah. Sylvia's Sil- sick. Sylvia's sick. And they and they thought it was a chest cold, but it's gotten yeah. worse. Yeah. They try to get her care from a doctor. She was a little bit reluctant. She doesn't really want to know what she has she just wants to take medication for she, it and she definitely doesn't want the children to know what she has yeah jam goes over to the house sees that she's sick he's like oh what are we gonna do a couple of days later he comes by there's a doctor in the house and they get her downstairs to watch the production of the play she dies a couple of days later throughout the funeral peter's a little bit upset well, you're 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 going too quickly. Okay. Right. You, if you're forgetting the part, she remember. Goes no. To the Bubs. funeral, Peter's. Bubs. <laughs> what? Bubs. Oh, you don't mean like that? Sorry. No, 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 no. What I mean is, you're forgetting the part where remember when uh, I think it was George. She he really um stands up to his grandmother. Oh yeah, he stands up to this old bag. C. Go ahead. All bag. U and T. What bag? Go ahead. And I'm, you know, I wouldn't necessarily 
not advocate for that, but she really, I mean, I, in some ways I commend the little boy for doing that because she really needed somebody to give her a reality check yeah. and say, Hey, you know what? You have to stop this. You can't, you can't, you can't control everything. You have to stop it because we're, we're, we're trying to take care of our mom and you're not helping pretty right. much. Right. And I like or you that. are helping, but you're, you're giving yourself a little bit too much uh, credit. Right. You, you have to, you have to stop it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so they've really taken to Jim. In fact, they started calling him uncle Jim. Yep. Um, she dies a couple days after that. Peter is still very, very obviously upset. And he basically said, she never cared for you as much as she cared for my father. She's with my father now. Yeah. Uh, the grandmother takes him aside and says, well, apparently in her will, it says that they're supposed to be two guardians for the boys. You uh, and I. You and I. And then you slowly uh, start hearing the themes of music to the odd couple as, uh, as he's explaining this to him. Bubs. Q okay. uh Bob. sitcom idea here. Uh. <laughs> He's Very. a divorced man. She's the her the daughter to side. They are the odd a couple. couple. <laughs> da -da. Da -da. That would be kinda of funny. Da -da 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 -da. That would have been funny. I forgot what her name was. I don't know. Anyway. I, I think it started with a C and ended with a T. No, it didn't. Okay, go ahead. Bubs. Sorry, babes, go ahead. No. Go ahead, babes. Are you gonna let me talk now? After I get a kiss, I will. Oh. It better be a real kiss. Oh, 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 do you want me to let you talk? <laughs> Give me a real kiss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're just so cute when you're like that. Thank anyway. you. Anyway. Um so she said I could look after the boys myself or are you going to are you going to help? And I, I also need to mention before I go into that, before I go, go more into the, the ending of the movie, is that um, when when his play Peter Pan is being performed, his wife, his ex-wife comes to talk to him. And she realizes, you know what? You need these kids. You need to take care of these kids. This is where you belong. They'll, those boys need you, and I know you need them, and I just want to say goodbye. Because she basically tells him, okay, you, you've heard about me and said guy. I forgot what his name was. So it's obviously that they're, I think they're either together or they're getting married. And she says goodbye and, and wishes him well. And and so anyway, they're at the funeral. It's after the funeral. Peter is vis visibly upset. And she he basically said, she never cared for you. She never cared for you um, as much as she cared for my father, blah, blah, blah. He talks to the grandmother and says, you know, I loved your daughter and I love those boys. And she said, okay. And I'm not going to, she said, okay, well, I could look after them or you could look after them with me. And, and, and he said, well, I'm not going to leave these boys because I love them. I'm not leaving them. So he talks to Peter. Peter's very upset. And he said, you know, um, you can go because he he um, he was explaining to Sylvia when he when she was alive that watching that play was 
was a way of going to Neverland. Because Neverland, nobody grows up and every and it's all fun and adventure with no worries. And so he's talking to Peter and he says, you can go to, you know, your mother is in Neverland. You can go anytime you like. And he said, how? And he said, well, just by believing. And really, um, basically telling him to think outside the box. And he, he realizes and he, he, he thinks for a moment, he says, I can see her. And then he, he hugs him. And the movie ends. The movie ends. A question I have, which I was unable to get answers to, is how historically accurate is this movie? Something tells me that they took a lot of liberties. It's possible. It's possible that him and uh, J.M. Barry and the grandmother were not taking care of the children together. And it's also possible that he just kind of knew the family, you know. That they were friendly, he never left his wife, their marriage was still good, but they wanted to make a Hollywood version of the story. I'd like to read a book on him, though. I would, too. Yeah, I think it would be kind of interesting to find out, you know, did did Peter, did this this family, especially Peter, uh, inspire him to write Peter Pan? Because Peter Pan is one of the most beloved uh, fairy tales. Mm. And I, I love reading Peter Pan. I've never read the fairy tale, but of course I've seen movie adaptations of Peter Pan. That and I've enjoyed. heard tapes on the story, and I love that. I love that um, that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's full of imagination. It's full of adventure. You know, it is. So, it, you know, the idea of never growing up. Yeah. It's fun to think about. It being based on real people and sort of playing with reality mm-hmm. made it a little bit of a harder sell for me. So, for example, there's a scene near the end of the movie where they take Sylvia down to watch the play. Yes. And I kept thinking to myself, well, how did they sneak all the actors into the house and set up yes. when the doctor was visiting Sylvia? And also, yes. she walks to the stage area, and it's like this big forest. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can't do that with a house because it's you're a, living... It's a big forest. Uh, in their living room. In their living room? Yeah, but it's like a real forest. A real forest. Because it's they set up the performance, mm-hmm. and then she walks into this forest without leaving her house. Do you think that that was a part of her imagination? That might have been part of her imagination. Because how could but, you, I mean, realistically, you can't put a forest in your house. Yeah, but it, it didn't really make sense to me if I'm supposed to believe that this is also real life as well. Mm. But you know how I am with that type of stuff. I look at things like that. It drives me nuts. Kind of critically. Yeah. There are things that I agreed with when it came to realities of movies, but very little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, can I just watch this movie without thinking about that? Not if you're uh, watching with me. But with... Uh, okay. I'll watch somebody else. Then. <laughs> it isn't Hook, but I personally... I liked it. I liked Hook better, but... I think Hook is a really underrated movie. No, it's awesome. Yeah. It's great. It has every kind of thing that kids would want to... Um, watch when it comes to, you know, fantasy and adventure. But it also, and granted, I haven't seen it since I was a little kid, but as I remember it, I don't think Hook really plays down to children. You know what I mean? No, it doesn't, because it really, um, it really opens the mind, the, the possibilities to children, right? Mm-hmm. You can fly if you just believe. Now, that's, that's, that's not true, but it really 
opens a door to their imaginations and how much imagination is so important in a child's life. Getting how, how the imagination I had as a child is, you know, something that I think about. Yeah. Getting back to Finding Neverland. Yes. I heard about this film in 2004 when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it sounded interesting. I just never saw it then. Yeah. Um, I give it a week seven. Oh, wow. It was good. It, it wasn't great. It, but it had some good stuff in it. I, I give it a seven. I think it's just uh, a it's just a regular seven, maybe not a strong seven, but a regular seven. What movie did you like better, Fight Club or Finding Neverland? I liked Finding Neverland better. Wow. I'm sorry. I, All right, that's your opinion. Go ahead. My opinion. Um, I gave them both sevens, but I think that um, Fight Club I gave a week or seven. Wow. Yeah. You know who I would have liked to see play J.M. Barry. Who? Instead of Johnny Depp. And it struck me as I'm watching the movie. And yeah. this might sound a little bit odd. Yeah. It would have been interesting to see Mike Myers play him. Why? I don't know. Because I think he has more of a childlike personality. That would have... Well, he did play Shrek. And he was very good in Shrek. Mm-hmm. And maybe he would be a good J.M. Barry, But if Robin Williams were alive, I think he would be a good one, too. Robin Williams would have been too old. Oh, too old? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, because I'm thinking of this movie in the context of 2004. Well, it's interesting because I thought he, I thought Johnny Depp was good as J.M. Barry. He was good. He just didn't blow me away. Okay. But I also thought he was weird as Willy Wonka. So he was playing two characters that were childlike in a lot of ways. Yeah. But Willy Wonka didn't sell me. Oh. I thought Gene Wilder was the best Willy Wonka ever. I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah. I, I have not seen... The Johnny Depp version of that movie. You're in, it's 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 modernized and it actually um, goes more with uh, the book Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. But I think Willy Wonka, I liked Willy Wonka the Chocolate Factory. I liked much better. Yes. Yeah. So I'd give it a week seven. It's it's still good. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Let's do a little bit of analysis. Okay. What does this film teach us? About the desire to escape our reality. Mm. That's very interesting because a lot of people escape reality differently, right? Whether it's fun and adventure. In the case of his marriage, right? He could have escaped reality by having an affair with another woman. Mm-hmm. Or he could have escaped reality by not coming home. Which he he did come home. But he could have res- escaped reality by going on adventures and never coming home. To his wife, who was boring. Right? Yeah. We, we're, we're under the impression that she's really, really boring. But we, we don't really know much about her. Um, it's interesting to me. Um, there's different forms of escape. Whether or not that's good, whether or not he um, had a good reason for escaping, I can't answer that it's not just him it's also it's, kate winslet doesn't yes. want to face the reality of her illness right exactly and, you know. and the way that he she deals with her illness is to to um participate in the um the games that her children are doing mm-hmm. and and watching this unfold and being the mom uh you, you know being the mom that they need because they don't have a father yeah and that jm barry is a representation of Maybe what their father was, uh, but now, of course, he's gone. And what what was? And I wonder what their father was like when he was alive. Would he have allowed these adventures to happen? Probably not with another man. Not with another man. But was he the kind of father that J.M. Barry would have been? 
I wonder, babes, yeah. since this movie is supposedly based in the 1920s, I believe. Yes. If you could find YouTube videos of the kids as adults uh-huh. talking about Jane Barry. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say. I don't know if it could go... I don't know. They're probably gone now. Well, no, but maybe somebody recorded them before they died and uploaded the video to YouTube at huh. some point. Interesting. Or somebody else who watched them, maybe recorded it and posted something. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a thought. Well, I know that there were... Um, you heard of uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder, who was... Um, her story was based on um, in Little House on the Prairie. She, yeah. She wrote the books. Yeah. Um, and there was a recording of her answering letters or talk or thanking people for writing letters to her over the years. I don't know how who was able to get it, but I heard it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did the recording sound pretty scratchy and Um, old? it did, but she was an older lady by then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, back to that. Um, it's I don't know. It's I don't know if it's if you could find them. It's possible, I guess. You might have to do some digging. Yes. If you can ever get your computer to load it. Oh, my God. Oh, my badness. Bubs. Babes. That's enough. That's enough, babes. Are there any questions about this movie that you have for me? Um, what do you think the grandmother... Why do you think the grandmother... Um, how do you think the grandmother got to the way that she was as far as discipline and order? I'm assuming Mm -hmm. that she lived a very hard life, Mm -hmm. and she loves her daughter and the grandkids. She doesn't know how to show it, though. Well, her way of showing it is saying, hey, discipline is the answer, because it's nice that y'all like to play these games, but when it comes down to it, and we have an outbreak of influenza or another war, (laughs) we need to be disciplined and have a plan in place so we can get through it and not just play games all day. You know, in some ways, what she reminds me of... Who's that? ...is the the female version of Captain Von Trapp. Oh, see, I don't think that he's that much of a tight ass. I mean, he's... He's a man of his generation. He's He's a man of his generation, but he's not that extreme. But listen, listen, listen. Go ahead. In the way in which discipline was in order for him and that these children should not be playing. Not that he was was an extreme tyrant, Mm -hmm. but that he didn't want his kids to play and he wanted his kids to be like little soldiers. I don't know if I agree with you because... In some some ways. He could... Yeah, he... He's kind of like that at the beginning of the movie, but he could be talked into having a good time. But he changed because not only that he because he fell in love with Maria, but because he saw the impact that she was um, having on those children. And this lady doesn't really change. She, she acqu- change. acquiesces. 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 Because acqu- she's being yelled at by her grandkids. She has a dying daughter, and Jane Barry is rich and famous. Wait a minute. Acquiesce means to ask. Okay. Well, she gives in then. Yes. Yes. I think there's a different word, but I can't remember what it was. I think it's acquiesce. Acquiesce means to ask. Okay. I know this because um, I had to uh, learn vocabulary words in um, my junior year of high school. Interesting. That was one of them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But despite all that, um, or in spite of it, Mm. uh, (laughs) um, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. She never changes. She still is harsh even to the very end. 
But she we did. we also don't know mm-hmm. what is she like five years from now. Right. Or five years from the point in which the movie's based. Uh-huh. Right. Does being around the boys and Jay and Barry loosen her up? Or is he even does he go even deeper into I'm gonna be a hard ass and not let these kids have any fun? I don't know. I don't think she's mean as much as I think that she is overbearing and a little bit misguided. But not completely off the mark either. No. Because you need the yin and the yang. You need to have fun, but you also you need also to have some have form of discipline. Right. Yeah. But there but she doesn't know how to balance the two. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. She could be a nice woman and I'm sure she cared about her daughter and the grandkids, but she didn't know how to how to orchestrate it. Yeah, it's not like when the play was going on in the house, he jumped up and said, no. This isn't real. This is Get back normal. to your regular life. She's dying. She's dying. Right, you know? right, right. She didn't she didn't give them their marching orders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although that would have been kind of interesting. That would have been interesting. Yes. Is there anything else you want to say about this movie? That would have been interesting if Christopher Plummer came out and said no, I used to do that. Mm-hmm. I changed. Comes out and says, uh, you haven't uh, really experienced um, Shakespeare until you've read it in the original Klingon. <laughs> what? <laughs> is that what he... Is that, was he a Klingon? In you Star know? Trek Six, He was. He played a Klingon. And they're having dinner on the Enterprise, and he says, you haven't really experienced Shakespeare until you've read it in the original Klingon, or something like that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That is really funny. Yes, yes. I, I, I still say that I love that Frasier episode where um, where Frasier gives his blessing in Klingon. That's great. great. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, anyway. But he did not do that in this movie. <laughs> Come out dressed and beam down, dressed as a Klingon. I am so excited. Speaking, and, and I know we're off subject. Go ahead. But I think we're pretty much done with the Finding Neverland thing. I don't have any more questions about Okay. That. But I'm really excited that Seinfeld is coming to Netflix. It's cool, yeah. I am excited. Because Hulu can be a little bit. You know, Sometimes sketch. it can buffer too much. I know. And I don't like it. And I think Netflix has, has less buffering to me. I have noticed that too. Sometimes it'll buffer, but not nearly as much as Hulu. Yes. I, I, I would agree. I, I Hulu is still it feels a little bit off. I like Hulu, but it's like I think they need to update their service. Yeah. It's okay. And it could be worse. And keep in mind I haven't been watching a lot of um I haven't been watching I haven't been streaming a lot because mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of things on my dot. Yeah. So that kind of distracts me from doing that. But, you know. Right now, my favorite streaming services are probably, and we're not counting YouTube, right? Okay, yeah. But that's my favorite. But if we're not counting that, I'd have to go with Netflix, and then HBO Max is is really good, I think. Oh, wow. They have a lot of movies that you wouldn't find anywhere else, I will say. Yeah, I I know a lot of people like to downplay HBO Max, and some, well, people say the title's very, it should have been a different title, which I agree with. And people always talk about the amount of subscribers is low for HBO Max. And the other knock is because it's associated with Warner Brothers, this year they're having movies released in the movie theater and on HBO Max, which is great for the consumers. Mm -hmm. But a lot of uh, filmmakers say, well, that's they're taking my film and they're not showing it the way I wanted it to be shown. And it would actually have more value if it was in a movie theater exclusively and then move on to streaming services. So there's some criticisms 
that people have over HBO Max, uh-huh. but I think it's really, really good. I really enjoy it. Wow. Yeah. So those are my two favorite. Disney yes. is kind of like it's a little bit too G-rated, and they it still buffers a lot. Hulu, I don't know what it really is. I mean, oh. they're, they're, they're having an identity crisis. Prime is great because it has the boys, but outside of that, there's nothing else I really watch on Prime Video. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So that's my take there. Jay, whoa. Okay. Uh, oh, one last thing about Finding Neverland. What? Would you recommend it to people? And if so, what's your elevator pitch? Yes, I would. Um, I would say if you want to know a little bit about the author of Peter Pan, which is the most beloved, one of the most beloved fairy tales, um, watch it, but also uh, read a book on him too. Nice. Yeah. Very good, babes. That's really good. I'm glad you liked it, even though it wasn't, you know, your favorite. It was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. Okay. Well, good is better than nothing. Good is better than nothing. It wasn't a waste of time or anything. Good. Yes. And tonight, babes, we're going to watch two interesting movies. Yes, we are. Super Bad. Yeah. And Cocoon. I'm excited to show you Cocoon, and I haven't watched it for a long time. I don't remember the last time I watched it, but I remember watching it as a kid, and I thought it was really interesting. I I enjoyed it. I can't wait to tell you to show you Super Bad. You said that it was a comedy, right? Yes. Okay. I think you're gonna like it. You think so? Yes. Okay. It could be super bad. Wah, wah, or wah. super good. I think it's going to be super good. Is it kind of like, um, have you seen that movie Can't Hardly Wait? It was okay, though. That movie's really good. That movie's not good. I it mean, was, it's it's okay. It was a it's not horrible. It was, so I, I really wanted to see it, but I thought it was kind of disappointing. And it was about like this big uh, graduation party. Yeah. It's, this girl was having. I guess it's you could say it's like a good version of Can't Hardly Wait, maybe. Okay. A better I, version of it. Yeah, because if, if I remember right, and I haven't seen... Can't hardly wait since 2002 or 2001 even. And I was okay. eating top ramen, <laughs> had gotten out of a relationship and maybe smoking on something. Uh-huh. But if I remember the premise, it's not only a graduation party, but Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, is going to have sex with somebody who she's kind of in a relationship in with. with? Yeah. Okay. Am I correct? Um, and then she goes off to a train station the next day. It's been a while. And, and then there's also, and then Joan Cusack is in the mix. Oh, I didn't know that. I believe she was in the mix. As what? Um, She plays somebody named, was it, was her name Emily or something? It, it was, it was a strange movie. I, and, and, and keep in mind, I haven't watched it in a long time too, but I thought it was a little bit disappointing. Seems like Joan Cusack would have been too old by then. She was so, she had a small part in the movie. But it's been, yeah. It, 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 I, I believe it was that movie. Wow. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it, and and honestly, it was a bit of a disappointment. I think Super Bad is a much better movie. Okay. Yes. Who's in that one again? Has Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah, and it was written by Seth Rogen. Was Michael Sarah? He played. Was he played the son on Arrested Development. Oh, okay. And the one that blues kids. Yes. And he was also in that movie Scott Pilgrim Saves the World. What is that one about? He's a musician. That's a fun movie. I I, I only saw it once, but I remember what, liking it. He's like this musician, and it's about his life. Oh, and he was also in that movie Juno as oh, okay. the boyfriend who gets what's her name pregnant. Right. Uh, yeah. Allie, whatever her name is. Yeah, which is odd because. 
uh, Jason uh, Bateman is in that movie. Mm-hmm. And he played Michael Sarah's father on Arrested Development. Oh, weird. Yeah. Isn't he, uh, who's younger? What do you mean, who's younger? I thought, I thought Jason Bateman was one of the kids. Oh, it's the father. Jason Bateman's one of the kids to the older parents, but okay. Michael Sarah is his son, his son on Arrested Development, who oh. has the hots for his cousin, maybe. Oh. His cousin's name is maybe, and he has a hots for her. <laughs> her cousin's name is, her cousin, his cousin's name is maybe? Yes, and he has, he wants to get with her. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. Is that the same kid that, um... They took her, his girlfriend in Mexico or something? And yes, they took his girlfriend Anne <laughs> to Mexico and, and Jason Bateman forgot her there. I, I loved the first three seasons of Arrested Development and I was so disappointed by the reboot that Netflix did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. But I liked it. All right. And Bojack is on the show. Or the guy who played Will him. Will Arnett. Yes. Okay. Yes. Is he a father in that show? No, he's their brother, Joe, who is a, a magician. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. It's good. Okay. Worth watching the okay. first three seasons. Okay. And then forget that stuff. Yeah, that that's right. He was married to Amy Poehler for a while. That's right. Okay. I'm not a fan of hers. I'm not not a fan of hers. Um, I just think that her and that other lady are a little bit... Yeah, they're a little bit overrated to me. I used to watch them a lot, but now that I think about it, they're not that funny. No. They they were funny at the time, but they're not that funny. I was at this protest, babes. Of course. This was when Trump had uh, come out in favor of the Nazis in Charlottesville. And so I go to this protest... Yeah. And one of the, this guy comes up to speak and he says, oh, you know what I have to do to get people to uh, take pictures of profound things that, you know, deep thinkers talk about? I have to write down some weird quote and credit it to Tina Fey. And then when somebody pulls out their camera, I turn around the cardboard and show a real quote. And that's what I have to do to get people in Portland to read something profound. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's Kind of a weird statement. I know. But anyways. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about, babes? No. Cool. Tina Fey, overrated. Yeah, I, I, I know a lot of people like 30 Rock, but I never got into 30 Rock. I like it, but I don't think it's the best show ever. It's not it's not one of my favorites, but I did see a number of episodes that I thought were funny. There was one show that came out that I only saw one episode of, and I... Don't understand why people liked it. I think it was called um, Don't Trust to Be in Apartment 3. I heard about that show, but I never watched I it. I only saw one part, one, one episode, and I didn't really care for it. Oh. Don't Trust to Be in Apartment 3, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. Yes. Anything else you want to discuss? Uh, Really quickly, there was a show that I, I think I might have watched one episode of it. It was called Sweden. And, uh... Was it called Sweden? I don't know. It was on MTV. For some or, it was on this. NBC, and I thought in some ways it was a little bit funny, but I, I, I never continued on watching it. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. I okay. Have to say about that. Uh, download Sweden if you can find it. I guess. I don't know. It probably not be on. It may not be on the air anymore. Yeah, but maybe it's on YouTube. Who knows? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hi, right, babes. I think you should come over here and give me a kiss. In the kitchen. Come on, come over here. Give me a kiss. All right, pilgrim. All right, pilgrim. We have a kiss, pilgrim. Give you a snack a little bit. Oh, sounds good. All right, well, in that case, let's wrap this up. All right, then. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Watch Pie Club. And don't talk about it.